Welcome to episode number four of Colorado TechCast. Do you live in the Colorado area and into technology startups? Want the inside scoop? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Colorado TechCast with your host, Trapper Little. Hey everybody, Trapper here. Colorado TechCast brings you interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and technology pioneers from across the state. We provide a behind-the-scenes look at who's doing what, why, and how you can get involved. Join us each episode to hear exciting stories of the technology happenings in our state. In this episode, I talk with Paul Karkoulis and his company's mission to disrupt online travel advice by putting travelers in touch with the local experts who can help craft the perfect vacation. We talk about his inspiration, pain points, and lessons learned along the way. Before we get started, let's take a minute to go over a few housekeeping notes. Visit our website at coloradotechcast.com. There you'll find other episodes and show notes with links to the companies and services we talk about here. While you're there, click the subscribe button on the right side of the page. This will ensure that you're alerted when we publish great new content. I want this show to be relevant to you, so please send me your thoughts and suggestions. My email address is trapper at coloradotechcast.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter at cotechcast. I do read and respond to all messages, so drop me a line and let me know what you think. Based in the scenic mountain resort town of Aspen, Colorado, Savvy Amigo is disrupting traditional travel advice sites by connecting travelers with on-the-ground experts. On the internet, there's no shortage of travel information or review sites. The problem is with accuracy and relevancy. Sifting through countless pages just to find one snippet or cross-referencing random reviews is a taxing process, and there has to be a better solution. Savvy Amigo introduces a new and efficient way to connect those who are seeking travel advice with those who are best qualified to give the advice, i.e., on-the-ground, real locals. Savvy Amigo reaches below the surface and addresses a basic human need, sometimes missed in today's macro environment. That's the ability to give individuals a voice, feel good about themselves, and really make a difference. Now let's get started with Paul and Savvy Amigo. Currently, I'm working on an idea that I had come to me a couple years ago. It was just something that I discovered in my own life, in my own situation, where I was trying to achieve a certain result, and it just seemed very cumbersome. It seemed very inefficient. Um, and when I was coming up to this problem, it was repeating itself over and over and over. And I got to a point where I just thought there had to be a better way of doing this. So I came up with this idea a couple of years ago. And just decided to go for it, so to speak, and do something about it. And instead of complain about all these challenges that existed, I wanted to better it. I wanted to find a better solution. So that's kind of what I've been working on for the last, uh, gosh, it seems like forever now, but it's been, you know, we're closing in on two years and we're getting close to the final stages of bringing this idea of mine to the forefront, to its existence, to its launch. Okay. So what's the pain that you felt? Well, the pain was a little bit, shall we say, just frustration, just mental frustration. Um, I liked to travel with my family. And for me at the time, and still then and now, I always thought that travel and spending time with your family was such an invaluable commodity, was such an invaluable way to spend uh, you know, to spend some a few weeks out of the year, I was in a position where you know I had to spend a majority of my time working and a minority of my time with my family doing the things that I loved. And one of the things we loved to do was vacationing, and I like to explore new places. When I went to explore new places, you know, one of the first things I would always do is on you know choose a particular uh, location. Let's just call it uh, Florida, Naples, Florida. I'd love to go to Ma- Naples, Florida, and if I knew of anyone that had lived there or of anyone who was living, excuse me, if I knew anyone that was living there or had been there or had, you know, certain experiences there, my, my first inclination was to pick up the phone, give them a call and identify um, everything that there was. I wanted to learn about that potential or about our potential future vacation to that destination. You know, I looked for friends to help me out, you know, tell me what to do, where to go, you know, save time and make it my time as most impactful as possible. But I kept coming across times where I chose locations where I didn't have a friend. I couldn't pick up that phone. I couldn't, I didn't have that go-to resource. So, you know, that left myself, you know, and I'm assuming, you know, millions of others, 
with going to the internet, you know, a, a great resource to access some great travel advice. But again, they're in, in my experiences on the internet, experiences with search engines, experience with websites. It just seemed that even though all this great technology existed, it was still at the end of the day, somewhat inefficient and it became frustrating. So, you know, you asked about your frustration. So, you know, you would, I would identify a new location, start researching on the internet, and it seemed a very time-consuming, taxing purpose. And I could remember spending, investing hours into research for a particular location, and at the end of the day, I still was unconvinced that any of the research that I had was the exact information that I needed, and so it left doubts, and it left you know, lingering doubts in my head as to the validity, you know, the accuracy, the relevancy of all this information, you know, is it really what I was looking for? So there was, you know, doubts in the vacation. And unfortunately through experiences, through actual real life experiences, you know, taking the amount of the, taking the research that I did on the internet and executing it on a vacation, sometimes there were definite uh, misses, you know, the research that I thought on the internet was great research that I thought was applicable to my family. When I would arrive at a particular destination, it was completely a different, um, Reality. It didn't work. Sometimes it just failed me. And after a string of failures, after a string of inefficiencies, after a string of frustrations, I just kind of got sick of it. I thought, you know what? There's just got to be a better way. So with all the content online, what were you coming up short and and how were you not able to find exactly what you were looking for? Essentially, it had to do with relevancy. You know, there's there's so much great information on the internet. There's so much information. You pick any city, you know, across the United States, enter it, and you know, a search engine, and it will come up, you know, multiple thousands, if not millions, of pages. So fine, I get that. But you know, there will be also by countless reviewers leaving reviews about your particular destination. But you know, let's just take my situation. I'm, my situation was, you know, I was a middle-aged man with a wife and two kids. So I, the advice that I was looking for or the feedback that I was looking for in a particular location was really from my doppelganger of that, in that particular location. You know, I was looking for a like-minded individual who had a family, who had kids, who had, you know, some of the experiences that I have had, who was in the same situation as I have, so that their type of advice would be most relevant for me. And I think I spent most of the time trying to eliminate, you know, opinions, eliminate articles, eliminate websites that were written from a different perspective other than mine. Because, you know, it is, advice is very relevant. It's like if you're sitting around a dinner table and you ask, you know, 10 people from the city of New Orleans, please tell me what is the best option for a night out. My guess is you will get 10 different answers, Right. So how do you take those 10 different answers and make them applicable to you? Well, you try to find, you know, the person that's most like you, and then you take their feedback and incorporate it into your, you know, upcoming travel. And that was the, you know, that, that's exactly what the situation was on the internet. You would take those millions of reviews, those millions of pages, those millions of hits, and you would say, okay, which ones are relative to me? And that was a time-consuming process. So I, I just simply thought, you know what? There's got to be a w- better way to eliminate the clutter, reduce the inefficiencies of trying to identify which ones may or may not be good for you. And there had to be a way to connect myself, a gl- let's just call it a global traveler, with an on-the-spot local who was like me, who had you know, maybe of a similar age bracket, who had similar, similar interests. There had to be a way to connect myself with that potential local and connect us quickly and efficiently over the internet. And that's what we've set out to create. So somebody who's like you or the ability to find somebody like you who knows exactly what you're looking for and can direct you to the spots of interest to you rather than, you know, a 20-something year old providing advice. That is correct. Yeah. So the idea actually, so, you know, I had to put a name to this idea. So I came up with, excuse me, I came up with the name Savvy Amigo. It just, it just works, you know, Amigo being friend, Savvy being, you know, one, a wise person, experienced individual. So that's kind of, you know, what it is and what this, you know, the business that we created to do was, you know, we just talked about what I'm trying to eliminate and what I'm trying to connect with. So what it allows you to do is, let's say you're 
you and your you know wife are taking off and you want to go to you know Munich, Germany for the first time, you know how many potential questions can a traveler going to a new city in a new country have? You know, there's going to be a lot of probably you know you want to access some great information. It would be great if you had somebody that you knew in Munich, like the thought like you, it was of your same you know age bracket like you, so you could connect with them quickly, efficiently. Ask them your you know simple question. Connect with them. You have control of this whole process, and do it in a matter of minutes. I think you know that type of you know new application could add some serious value to your upcoming experience. And what happens if this website could duplicate that process every single day, day in day out, for countless of global travelers throughout the globe? And that's what Savvy Amigo is all about. So, how does the business model for this work? Okay, so the business model is pretty simple. There's two types of users. And you can think about it, you know, a good way to think about it is that this model exists out there on the internet, but doesn't exist in this particular space. Let's just take one example is Airbnb, you know, a great website, a great business model. People use it, you know, are you a rentor, meaning are, do you have extra space in your house to rent it out? Or are you going to be out there renting places from others, right? So two distinguishing users. No difference with Savvy Amigo. With Savvy Amigo is, are you an Amigo or are you a Savvy Local? Do you live, you know, someplace on planet Earth where you possess some great information that's just ruminating through your head that could be of value, you know, to somebody coming to visit your particular, you know, destination, your, your particular hometown? My guess is there are countless, millions of individuals Right now, as you know, you and I are talking, that have awesome information. But what is the mechanism to connect that information with people that need it? And that's where Savvy Amigo is. So you have one set of users that possess the information. And then on the other side, you have a u- another different user who just wants to travel and access that information. And Savvy Amigo is the go-between. So what Savvy Amigo, the business model is, is it allows individual Shall we call them locals? So if you're a local in Aspen, Colorado, if you're a local in Denver, Colorado, if you're a, a local in Munich, Germany, you're a local, right? you got great information in your head. So you can get onto Savvy Amigo, no cost to you whatsoever. There's a little orange button that says sign up. You press that sign up button and in a matter of minutes, you can create yourself a free profile. No subscription costs, no recurring fees, really simple, right? Two minutes, you're done. Great. Now, let's just say your particular location is Denver, Colorado. Now, the other set of users is, think about all the millions of people that come to Denver every single year. Um, can those millions of people that come through your hometown every single year, you know, might they benefit, might their vacation experience benefit by connecting with somebody like you who's lived there, who's been there and done it? So we allow the user one user to connect, one user who has the information to connect with the other user who needs that information and makes that exchange between the two mutually beneficial. And it's a safe, friendly, fun environment. We're monetizing the knowledge. That is exactly what Savvy Amigo is doing. And, you know, it's, it's fun. You know, it's in a fun and efficient way. I mean, if you're just hanging out, you know, at home, you have signed up as Savvy Amigo. You know, the model is that over time, people are going to identify you. They're going to need to tap you for information. So you'll, get a re- you'll receive a text or and email message letting you know that someone is you know, requesting some information for you. So at that point in time, you, know, you are able to pick up your phone and log into your account and know that because you receive that text, you are A, going to be able to be in a position to help somebody. You know, everybody loves to share your knowledge. Believe me, I think that's just a basic human quality. You know, somebody taps you on the shoulder. Hey, buddy, can you tell me where to go? You know, that, I think that's happened to all of us throughout, you know, the globe at one point in time or another. You know, somebody's seeking advice. And this just puts in a safe environment. So, you know, some, you get that tap on the shoulder, it's like getting a text. Excuse me, like get, getting a text is like getting a tap on the shoulder. Hey, can you help me out, Right. You get that text, you open up, you log into your profile, you see the question. Another great aspect about this business model is if you're that local, you actually have full control. Guess what? If you don't like the question, you don't understand the question, or for whatever reason you don't want to do it at that point in time, you're not obligated to do it. We even give you an out, a simple button. You press pass. 
meaning, hey, you know, for whatever reason, you don't need to come with excuse. You just press pass. In a millisecond, you're not obligated to commit to uh, helping out that person anymore. And that asker who has sent you the question is then, too, they're not left hanging, you know, in limbo. They're identified, they're, excuse me, they're let, they're, they receive a message saying that their person they first chose to help them out is unavailable. Please go back and select another one. So they get back in there, they select another one. So again, this process is giving you know great power to the user. So the user at this point has full control if you're asking or if you're being you know asked to answer a question, right? So at this point, you know that individual asker fi- identifies another amigo. That amigo says yes. They answer the question, and the the full loop is executed, and everybody is happy. So it's like having a friend on the ground. You can uh, you can get customized. Uh, advice from if they don't know then then no problem pass and and uh, go find somebody else is that right that's exactly correct you know we've there's all sorts of variables you know through the ideation process you know we came up with you know so many multitude of of scenarios right it's not going to be a panacea for everybody but the very basics are there so that you know it's it is a very efficient resource so if you're asking for questions Eliminate clutter, get right to the source, right? What's a source in our particular situation? It, our source is a great local, right? And we don't tell you which local to is going to answer your question. You, the asker, has full control of it. Through our filters, you know, we have internal filters that we've created so that if you're going to a city and you, you know, have a certain age bracket, you have a certain interest level, language skills, you know, all those are internal filters. We're going to spit out to you, you know, the best existing Amigos within Savvy Amigo that are capable of answering your question. So we're already doing most of the work for you. So when you go through these steps and you go through these clicks, within 30 or 60 seconds, you know, we're going to find you really some of the best qualified individuals on planet Earth to help you out. How awesome is that? And it gets better. You ultimately are going to decide who is going to help you out. You are going to see their full profile. You are going to see their full set of skills. Excuse me. You're going to see their full range of experiences before you even get to select them. So this is a very powerful resource here. So the power is on you. You get to see it and do it all. You're going to have eliminate you know so much ambiguity, so much clutter, and we're going to produce you know a qualified individual you know how much better can it be than that you know most existing you know we 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 touched on this previously you know you asked me you know what's your business model well we noticed too when we created or excuse me when i went through the process you know the ideation process of savvy amigos you know a lot of existing websites focus on the reviews right if you go to a hotel you can find poof infinite number of reviews on hotels, right? Same thing with restaurants, same thing with locations, physical entities. You can find huge, vast number of reviews. And the focus point is on the reviews. It seems to be the focus points on the reviews, but there's no accountability in really who's producing those reviews. You know, where, what's, what's behind, what's the, the genesis of those reviews, right? So we switched with Savvy Amigo and took the focus away from the actual text the actual reviews we put the focal point on the reviewer because with savvy amigo we believe the solution is the actual individual is connecting with the right person at the right time because you know if you travel and somebody gives you bad advice you know what's the accountability factor you're kind of stuck you're kind of screwed you're kind of you know out of luck there. You just are going to waste an entire day or you're going to have a bad experience and there's no way to recoup that. So how do we you know, eliminate that in all of our future travel experiences? Well, you try to get connected with the right amigo who's got you know, proven track record, a good local who's been there and done that, who has my experiences, my skill sets. So we put all that type of relevant information at the forefront. That's what you're going to see first. When you're, you know, seeking travel advice, you're going to know this person to the best of our ability, you know, to the most of our ability. So you can identify this individual in a safe environment quickly, efficiently and connect with them. And, you know, and bam, done. You connect, you ask, you receive. And therefore, you know, you're 
potential future vacation experience is that much more rewarding than it could be otherwise. It just makes sense. Okay. So it saves you time, frustration, and, and uh, definitely money in having a poor experience. What markets are, is Savvy Amigo in? Well, Savvy Amigo is an early stage development company. So right now we are you know, launching softly in just a few select markets because even though we believe we have a great solution, you know, we, even though we believe we're, we're you know, filling in missing gaps, even though we believe we are addressing inefficiencies, you know, ultimately it has to do something called you know, user fit. Users will tell us if our model is you know, spot on, if it's actually you know, a solution. So right now we're taking an approach where we're flexible with our model. You know, we've created it to a point, and rather than, you know, recreate it, recreate it, recreate it, right now we're at a point where we're comfortable with it enough to launch it off to the market in a couple of different markets and test it. So right now, you know, you ask, where are you? So we, let's just say we're in the state of Colorado, and we're going to, you know, gauge it from user feedback, see how it grows, see how it connects with our audience, and kind of grow and evolve from there. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think it's fair to say that in the beginning, I cr- had this certain, you know, six-month, 12-month, 24-month, 36-month strategy, but I also learned along the way that, you know, if you are flexible and you still have some core beliefs, you know, perhaps a healthier way to build out your website is, you know, the way I just outlined, you know, have that flexibility, have that core system in place and just have, you know, identified strategies in place that, you know, if the AB testing produces certain results or, you know, before you get to forks in the road and you go left where you thought you were going to go right, then you need to adapt and evolve accordingly. So we have all those features in place. And right now it's just time to execute on markets, one market at a time. So building it out slow and deliberately, but giving yourself the ability to pivot and address market needs. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the way of success. Again, one of the pitfalls that I was trying to avoid was, you know, having something set in stone. You know, just because it was my idea, my vision in the beginning doesn't mean, you know, that is going to be the existing model throughout its existence. Now, I've, you know, learned over time over, you know, other businesses that that that's for me hasn't produced hasn't been a winning strategy. So right now, you know, I'm very comfortable with where we are. I'm very excited about bringing it out to the marketplace. I do think that, you know, in this massive travel industry, you know, I've heard all kinds of estimates of how big it is. You know, it, it doesn't, I don't need to put, you know, billions of dollars on it. Cause it is, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, multi-faceted industry that's, you know, applicable across, across the globe. You know, travel and tourism is as exciting as it is in the United States. It is, you know, most every other country on planet earth. So I do believe this new business model, this new widget that we've created, this new resource, you know, does have real world applications, you know, in in scenarios across, across many different platforms, across many different areas, excuse me. And right now we're just excited about getting started. So I recently went on a vacation to Italy and I relied heavily on TripAdvisor to find, you know, where to go and what to do, not knowing any Italian at all. But the shortcomings of TripAdvisor, uh, there was just so much information out there, right? And I, I had a short amount of time for three big cities that I wanted to spend time in. Uh, so having something like Savvy Amigo with somebody who's there, somebody who is of my same demographics and has the same needs, right? Like I'm not looking for a for a party scene, um, and I'm also not looking for a you know total deep dive in history. But somebody like me being able to reach out to, and uh, you know get that first person advice and, and be able to strike up a conversation of a little bit of back and forth, uh, honing in on exactly what I wanted to do would, would have been extremely helpful. Precisely. The, that's exactly correct. You know, there are resources out there. Let's just, you know, talk about TripAdvisor. I think it's great. You know, I use it myself, have used it, but, you know, having used it over the years, there are some definite, you know, limitations with that particular application. And not only limitations, you know, there could be some improvements, you know, so therein lies, you know, something like Savvy Amigo, what you alluded to and what, you know, what our firm belief is, you know, how great would it be to connect with somebody directly? You know, I'm not looking, I don't want to look through countless reviews, right? I think TripAdvisor, 
I remember reading at some point, it, literally they get thousands of reviews every single day. You know, that, that, I mean, it's just a big, robust platform. So, you know, I'm going to give them a huge credit. They created a great platform. You know, it, 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 it serves a purpose. But at the same time, I do think it's not the panacea. You know, I don't, I don't think it's the solution for everybody. You know, because there's people like you, there's people like me, and we're and our belief is there are millions and millions of people across the globe that just are looking for, you know, maybe is there a quicker way? Is there a more simple solution? Is there something maybe instead of having me count, look through pages of reviews, right, because that's essentially what you do, how great would it be just to look through a page of reviewers, right, the actual source, the actual source of good information, and if I can quickly – you know, please, somebody tell me, how can I sift through countless people on planet Earth? I just want to find that one good person, right, who's going to help me out and do it. I want to do it for my mobile device. I want to do it for my desktop. I want to do it for my laptop. I want to do it when I'm in Italy. And I want to tell that person that I need that answer in the next 60 minutes. I mean, how great would it be to, you know, to have that resource with you? And that's what Savvy Amigo wants to do. So when you're in Italy and you're in Florence and you just got some bad information about that hotel and you're stuck in there with your family and you're scratching your head, you're like, gosh, I thought it was going to be a great place, but it's really not meeting my expectations. And you go back and you find the reviewers were actually, you know, people from Europe who have different, you know, interests than you do, right? They're, they're, they're. They're the way how they look at the world is different from how you look at the world. You're like, gosh, why didn't I see that? Of course, you know, somebody from, you know, neighboring France is going to look at hotels, you know, in Italy different than a person from, you know, the United States will look at hotels from Italy, right? So there's that whole um, dimension, that whole level of relevancy. So that's what we want to do is we want to make it immediately relevant to the user on both sides of the equation. So do you have a technical background, or how did you go about building this, uh, this platform? Yeah, no, technology is not my um, field of expertise. My background is just, you know, if you had to say it, is, um, shall we say, sales management. Um, I always look, you know, uh, I'm able, you know, interpersonal skills, right? So, you know, that's just a background of mine. Uh, business development. So herein lies business development. So I see a problem. I want to come up with a solution. So, you know, while it worked for others, you know, that too has come across. Okay, you know, we want to, our problem is we need to get this product out, you know, in the next five markets over the next 12, 12 months. You know, that's the problem. The solution is, you know, A, B, and C. So that's kind of, you know, my background. That's my, how I've been ever since, you know, I obtained, you know, after college, getting jobs, it's kind of, you know, looked at work uh, from that particular angle. So, you know, when I came across Savvy Amigo, you know, I saw a problem, or I should say a better way to term it is I saw, you know, inefficiencies, and I wanted to do something about it. So the skill sets that I had were um, just a determined self-determination, self-motivation, and a d- desire to um, create a more efficient solution than otherwise currently existed. So in my skill sets, you know, some of the, you know, some of the accumulated wisdom that I've learned over the years, you know, taught me that, you know, you know, in my twenties, you know, you, we all thought we were perhaps invincible. I can do it, me, myself, and I, well, now that I'm not in my twenties, you know, that I learned is not accurate at all. You know, I need to rely on others. My skill sets will bring me up to a certain point where I will need to then rely on others to help bring this idea to fruition. So I was the idea guy. I was the head cheerleader of this particular idea, and I needed to tap other resources to help me bring this idea forward. And specifically, there was technology. There's, I mean, we built this from scratch. You know, I can't speak for other websites or how they've done it, but in our journey, in my journey, we created from zero. We, you know, started filling in code where code didn't exist. We started putting pictures up where pictures didn't exist. And I relied on others' collective efforts. And, you know, I, I guess, like I said, I was, you know, the, the, the head cheerleader trying to champion this cause throughout the process and have been such from day one and will continue to be. So my skill sets were something other than technology, I guess, is one way of putting it. 
So it sounds like you're heavily involved in, or your your focus is operations and execution. I'm sure there are other people out there who have had similar ideas, but you know, when you get down to it, ideas are are fairly cheap. It's the it's how well you can execute on uh, a plan that will make or break a company. Correct. You know, that brings up that whole notion of entrepreneurs. You know, what is an entrepreneur? I kind of, I don't, for some reason, I don't like to necessarily gravitate towards that term. Um, I prefer more of like a builder. You know, I think if you're in the, if you taking an idea from, from an idea to an actual working product, what you are essentially is a builder and you have to be a builder uh, and have the skill sets for the beginning, middle and end. Because like you said, you know, ideas, they're plenty. That's the beginning part. The toughest part that I've learned is the middle part. Okay, what is the exactly the next step? Take an idea that's in your head, you know, something that's going back and forth in your head. How do you take that idea and do what you want to do with it, right? What are the next steps? When you wake up on that Monday, okay, I have an idea. If I go to bed on that Monday night, that idea on Tuesday morning will just be that, an idea in my head. So, you know, it takes efforts. It takes um, motivation takes drive. You have to be able to figure out strategically what are the next best steps and make it happen. That's the middle part. How did you go about finding um, finding technical talent to kind of bring your vision to life? That was a challenge. I think you know that is a big challenge for anybody who's in that particular position. Okay, you know I have certain skill sets. Now I don't have. Now I realize I don't have other skill sets. So how do I? partner up? How do I find other vendors to help me out in this process? It's really a hit or miss process. Uh, and it also can be through a process of elimination. You know, again, like with Savvy Amigo, what do you want to do is you want to connect with somebody who's been there and done that. You want to maybe lean on some of your friends, some of your family, uh, and start, you know, making conversations. And really, is a, it's a door opening process. You know, one phone call, one introduction at a time. You know, so you probably want to reach out to your existing network. You know, a lot of people use social media for a variety of reasons. I, you know, I think social media can be a great opportunity to engage with others, even if, you know, it's, you know, from a removed platform, meaning, you know, a lot of these the social media platforms allow us to connect with others. But, you know, maybe you take those connections and that next step further. Hey, you know, and don't be afraid to ask, you know, hey, I am looking to, you know, do build a website. Who can help me? You know, okay, fine. Then I got to find, you know, maybe talk to these technical people. You know, if they can't do it, maybe they know somebody who I should have a conversation with. So it's a conversation. It's a phone call. It's an effort that happens, you know, day by day, hour by hour uh, until you get to a comfortable place where, you know, through conversations, through sharing of information, through you know, uh, collecting of ideas, uh, you know, talking about each other's backgrounds. So you make, you know, that end connection where you think, okay, you know, this particular person, this particular individual, this particular group, this particular business actually may be a well-suited match for what I can't do myself. And then, you know, therein lies the, um, you know, next step, you know, how do we make, do this together? What, what's, 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 what are the next steps? You know, is it just money? Is it, getting together, um, is it, you know, are they going to provide, what parts are they going to provide, what parts are you going to provide? So, you know, you just, you kind of figure it out and go from there, if that makes sense. It doesn't sound like having a lack of technical capabilities has really slowed you down at all. No, it hasn't. No, um, quite the opposite. It's actually, you know, it's made me energized in a new direction and I've learned so much in the process, you know, from when I first made my first savvy phone call, you know, two years ago to where I am today, you know, I'm still not a tech person, but my skills and abilities to digest, you know, certain information at certain points in time currently are superior to what they were, you know, when I first started. And it is a learning process and you're going to find out it's a learning process. But, you know, if you're, again, if you're determined you know, I referenced that middle part, you know, how do you do this? If you determine in the middle part, you know, figure, you're going to have to figure it out. You have no choice. What was the tech community like in Aspen when you, uh, when you started this, was there anybody you could kind of, any organizations or associations you could kind of lean on for, uh, uh for sounding boards or technical advice? 
There were. You know, Aspen, Colorado is a great community. Simultaneously, however, it's a limited community. By limited, meaning, you know, just the sheer numbers. We're a small town of, you know, maybe 5,000 inhabitants on a year-round basis. And you flip that over to Denver, you know, where it's, you know, know, inhabitants in the greater Denver metropolitan area, you know, dwarfs that. So when you have a limited talent pool, you know, limited numbers, it means a limited talent pool. So, yeah, there are absolutely great resources on the ground here, but, you know, just the limited number of them, excuse me, the number, because the population is so small, it's just going to be a smaller supply, right? But that having been said, there is a supply, so I was able to actually connect with one group through serendipity, uh, really, it kind of happened, like I explained earlier, you know, reaching out to friends, you know, hey, do you know of somebody who could help me execute on ABC? And so through reaching out to my own network, I was able to find that there existed a group. I didn't know they existed before. Made an introductory phone call to myself. You know, I said, hey, um, I have an idea. I heard you guys could help me maybe execute on one particular deliverable. I connected with them. We met all face-to-face. It was, I think, one of me and five or six of them on the other side of the table. And my ask was one thing. And my ask it actually turned out to be turned into a partnership. It just so happened that the very first conversation that I had about Savamiga was in front of a group of like-minded individuals who didn't not excuse me not only wanted to you know help me out with what I was seeking help with, but they wanted to take it a, 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 even a step further. And so we had shall I say, a natural progression of the conversation had a natural progression where we just decided to partner up right there and then and move this idea forward together. So it was pretty, (laughs) for me, it was a pretty pivotal point in, you know, the genesis of Savvy where the first time where I actually decided to do something about the idea, I got in front of a group and where I was hoping they would help me with a piece of my you know, business, they decided to, you know, take it, like I said, a completely different direction and execute on the entire model and move it forward together, a partnership. So just by putting your idea out there and taking that risk, you found an open and engaging audience. That's exactly what happened. And I think too, you know, and if I can share, you know, I think a trap that many of us, you know, people who have an idea and want to do something about it, you know, we, you know, can fall into a trap. And that trap is, hey, my idea is my idea. And if I share it, there's, therein lies some potential problems. I mean, they could steal it. They could talk poorly about it. They could talk poorly about me and the idea. You know, there's so much uh, uh, out there when you, you know, it's really like making yourself vulnerable, really. You know, the vulnerability factor comes into play, you know, as a, new builders and new entrepreneurs, you know, am I going to, are people going to like the idea? Are the people going to laugh at the idea? Are they going to receive it? Are they going to reject it? Are they going to steal it? You know, maybe I should just keep that idea to myself. And my experience, my approach is the opposite. You know, if you have an idea, you know, do something with it, share it, which definitely includes sharing it at the right place, you know, at the right time. And that's what, you know, that's exactly when I made that decision. It was amazing what happened very soon thereafter. Has there ever been a point you just wanted to turn back and uh, scrap it, move on to a to another idea? <laughs> oh gosh, I many, think, many times, many times. I, no, I think the easiest thing for a builder to do is to hit the quit button, without a doubt. You know, you can get to a point where you say, "Oh my gosh, another challenge." Oh my gosh. I thought this problem, we already resolved it, you know, last month and it's still plaguing us. You know, I think this would be, I think that in itself could be a book that in itself could be a huge topic for a number of entrepreneurs across, you know, the globe is for myself, you know, have everyone to scrap it. I have been challenged for sure. There have been numerous pivotal points. There have been numerous forks in the road. There have been numerous countless challenges every day. And you just really have that, you have to have that determination to make it happen regardless. And I think, you know, it's funny, that's why I was laughing. Because, yeah, there are certain points where you scratch your head and you're like, wait a minute, what am I doing? How did I get to where I am? And is it really worth it? 
And I think that at that turning point, that's what separates the people that can do it and the people that can't. And that's okay. I mean, that's just a fact. So I think to have a can-do spirit, to have a go-for-it spirit, you just got to understand that those times will come up, those situations will come up, and you just got to revert back to your original hypothesis, your original you know, idea, and say, you know what, I'm just going to take it as far as I possibly can, and I'm going to move, move it forward. So yeah, there have been times, um, I don't know about necessarily one to scrap, but I don't know about necessarily one to quit, but you know, there have been definitely times where I thought, you know, is it worth it? And then, you know, fortunately the decision is, yes, it is worth it. And you turn around and you I figure out, okay, what to do now, what to do going forward. And if you think about it, you know, we've read, you know, one of the, one of the, that just reminds me of, uh, you know, the story of Colonel Sanders, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, you know, case in point, you asked, you know, is there any time that he wanted to scrap it? You know, if you, if you would ask the colonel, I think literally his story is something to the point where he shared his chicken recipe with, I don't want to, I, I don't know if it was a thousand or a, a, a hundred or a thousand people, but he was rejected. And then finally, then that one person that said yes, you know, he was determined to make it a yes. And he had to go through hundreds and hundreds of rejections to get there. So, you know, if you ask Colonel Sanders, um, you know, did you ever think about turning back? I would sure would like to have heard his story. But, you know, we all know the answer was no, that he didn't turn back. But think about, you know, how many other good ideas probably would not have come to fruition if the people at that point in time, you know, the decision makers, you know, just opted to scrap it. You know, I, I think that, that, that that's, 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 the, that's the crux of these efforts is, you know, we, I think I've got to believe that many of us, myself included, you know, get to that point and what you do at that point, you know, will determine the future will determine your future at least, or determine the future of your, of your idea. And a lot of it probably comes down to execution, right? Are you committed to your vision? Are you flexible enough that you can adapt? And, you know, is this, is this something that you really believe in? Correct. I think it has to do with commitment. To me, if I identify one distinguishing factor, it is commitment. Because you're going to have challenges, but if you're committed, you're going to go for it, right? If you wake up on a Monday and, you know, the phone call or the interview or the financing didn't come through like you hoped it would, then what do you do? But if you're, you have that determination, you know, you're just going to have the will to make, to keep going forward and keep opening those doors and propel your idea, propel your vision, you know, further. What's been the hardest decision that you've had to make? (laughs) Oh, I'm laughing because there have been a number of hard decisions and I don't, honestly, I, I, I can't remember if, I can't remember the last decision I make. I think, um, maybe partnerships, you know, when you write down something on paper where you're, have to give up some of your dream in exchange for something else, you know, the cost benefit analysis, wherever the costs are the greatest at that point in time, I think are some of the greatest challenges without knowing the benefits. Like the benefits are usually in the future, right? With an, especially with an entrepreneurial idea. You know, I think most of the efforts that I've put forth are in hopes that in the future, the benefits will outweigh the costs. So I think when you get to a point in time, be it, you know, signing a contract, be it, you know, uh, allocating additional, you know, some of your additional personal rev- personal monies that you are, you know, saving for your family or saving for your kids and you reassign it to your product because you, at that point in time, the cost is significant, but you think the benefit too will outweigh the costs. I think those are the most challenging of um, decision points because they're most real because they have the most immediate impact. You know, you sign a, a partnership agreement and if, you know, if you're giving up equity to hopefully acquire something else, you know, that that's significant. Once you get that equity in theory, uh, you know, how life works, it's gone. It's not coming back. You know, you, you reassign monies away from your family towards your project. That's real. That those monies are not coming back. You've reassigned it. And again, the the ben the hopes is the you know the, uh, in, if you're in that position to make that decision, 
that you're making the right decision that and it'll pay off in the future, if that makes sense. The unknown unknowns are always what gets you. Uh-huh. It, exactly. It is the unknown. And, you know, entrepreneurial effort, you know, almost by definition is an unknown because you're creating something out of nothing. You're creating something out of scratch in hopes of, in hopes of adding value, in hopes of creation of value, in hopes of making a difference. So would you do it all over? And, and if so, what advice do you have for, uh, you know, for somebody else who's, who has an idea, who sees a market need and, and thinks, you know what, I think I can solve this. What would you tell them? Well, I would tell them absolutely go for it because, you know, what's the decision not to go for it? You know, what are the costs of not going for it? You know, that, that I think sometimes those costs are even bigger than what I've, you know, mentioned just, you know, a few minutes ago. Uh, the costs of not going for it are, you know, just having this idea in your head, not doing anything about it, regretting about it, thinking about it for years ad nauseum. And, you know, that's not going to do anybody any good. You know, I would also say that, you know, if anybody wants to go for it, there's so much one individual can learn. You know, I think, too, a potential trap, you know, of us, you know, people want to build a business is we might be myopic. We just want to focus on, you know, the end result where the reality is such that, you know, the middle part, the day in, day out, there's so much that can happen in that day. There's so much potential opportunity every single day that you're opening yourself up to. Um, I think those types of experiences by themselves are worth it. So, you know, what is my advice for somebody is, you know, you know, start it, be pragmatic, be realistic, make some goals, make some milestones. If you can achieve them, great. Be, yeah, have some flexibility to work around them. Um, go for it. I think in the, in the beginning, you know, a lot of people are scared. That's natural. Hey, I don't know if they're going to like my idea or if I talk about my idea, I, you know, the feedback might be something that I don't want to hear. You know, the, those are all realities. But if you have this like go for it spirit, if you have this just this attitude in mind that I am going to I have an idea and right now my idea is that I'm going to take it to the ne- to the next step, whatever that next step is. That means I'm going to present it to five different you know, new individuals. Come up with these really, I think one of the better advices that I could give was come up with not necessarily pressure-filled steps, but relatively easy steps in the beginning. Set yourself up for success, right? If in the beginning you say, hey, I'm going to go present myself to five banks or five you know, potential angel investors, and I'm going to ask for you know, $5 million because that's what my bank need, or that's what I think I need my, my idea needs to get it going. Well, you know, the reality might be where well, those steps are good, but they not, might not be necessarily your first steps that you need right at this point in time. You know, in the beginning, I think you need, uh, individuals need to set this up for success in a little, you know, more pragmatic ways. And that could be, like I just said, you know, okay, you know, set yourself up with just simple attainable, achievable goals. You know, can I talk to five people about my product? Yes, you can do that without any consequences. Go for it. You know, get a, shall I say, comfort level about your idea. Understand what you're talking about. And also understand your situation too. Timing's a big thing. You know, let's say if you're in the process of, you know, I don't know, getting married. Um, is it, you know, wise to, you know, talk about it a few weeks before your wedding or could you set yourself up for more success if you wait till after the wedding? Or if you're already employed and you've got this massive project on your um, radar and it's going to occupy most of your time, you know, maybe the timing is such where you will launch your idea after you finish this product. And after you just finish this product, can you full, you know, still have a full-time job and work on this on the side? And, you know, my answer to that is, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. If you really want to do it, make it happen. You know, find out a way. And then also have, find a way to be comfortable in talking about it, not only to yourself, but to others. You know, if somebody asks you, you know, if you were thinking of an idea and, you, and you're employed a full-time job, you know, are you lying to yourself? No. You know, you're, you're doing what you have to do. You're providing for yourself, you're providing for your family, and you're working on a dream. And that's perfectly palpable, you know, explanation. That is reality. You can absolutely do that. You can have a full-time job and you can work on a dream at the same time. That's really good advice. 
Yeah, so those are just a few tidbits, you know, and also, you know, don't be afraid. You know, a lot of people talk about fear. A lot of people talk about, you don't you want to, you know, fail. I get that. All of that is true. You know, the fear factor is huge. You know, you see that more and more. You know, an MBA, you know, I have an MBA. I don't even know if that word was ever talked about or even brought up in the subject. But, you know, the reality is something other. You know, the reality is if you are a person taking you know, risks, there are costs associated with those risks. And that is very real. And that can, you know, bring on a sense of, or a new, yeah, a new sense of fear that perhaps wasn't there before, or, it, you know, it's a legitimate concern. So that's something you just have to take into account and, you know, and how best to manage it. Um, and going forward, you have to be aware of those things. You know, are there points where, you know, a bank account can go to zero and the situation at work turns against you? You know, what do I do at that point? There's going to be so many different times and you just have to be able to, you know, from a mental standpoint, too. It is, it is a mental challenge at times, too. From a mental standpoint, you have to, you know, equip yourself. You have to prepare yourself how best to handle it. And some people, you know, men, mental capacity mental capacities are such where, you know, it's a non-issue. They can just do it and they don't, you know, they won't even think twice about it. They can handle it and move through it, mow through it without an, without any, you know, concern to their well-being whatsoever. I get it. There are absolutely people like that around. And I, you know, I interface with them all the time. They can, you know, be multitasking, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week and still come off happy, cheery, and just, you know, brush those worries and anxieties aside. It's like it doesn't exist. It doesn't bother them. But if you're not an individual like that, you know, jumping into the entrepreneurial realm, realm, you know, can have some, you know, additional challenges that you're going to have to be aware of, right? And you, those challenges are not taught in MBA school. You might not find them on the front page of the Wall Street Journal or the Investor's Business Daily, right? You're just not going to find them there. You're going to find them in yourself. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my gosh, how did I get here, right? You said... You know, is there ever a point where you're gonna you want to turn it off and you know maybe regret or not regret, but you know, start out over? I get that, all that. All that makes perfect sense for the rest of us that are human. You know, there's all sorts of you know um, things you're gonna learn about yourself, and you just got to be kind and gentle with yourself, and be motivated, and be determined, and you're gonna identify for yourself if you are that individual or not along the journey. I think that's why there's so many serial entrepreneurs out there because the lessons they learned the first time and the, the school of hard knocks that they went to, to start their first venture, you know, pays off in huge dividends, every subsequent business or every subsequent idea that they bring to market. Correct. There are absolutely those. And I think too, though, if we get stuck on thinking about those people, I don't know if necessarily that's going to do us a, you know, a service. Like, for example, let's take Elon Musk, right? It seems like whatever he touched turned, it just worked, right? I mean, I'm not saying he had his challenges because he writes books about his challenges, but you know, he just has, he's, he's been created in such a way, fashioned in such a way that he's a great idea guy. He knows how to execute and he knows how to face challenges and challenges are just that, challenges for him. And he's, but you know, he can he is strong enough to overcome those challenges or figure out ways to overcome those challenges or make, you know, honest efforts to uh, overcome those challenges, right? He has done that. He has proven himself. I personally think he's one of the greatest entrepreneurs of our time. He's one of the greatest builders of our time. But I think for the rest of us humans, right, he's superhuman, but for the rest of us humans, you know, we read his story and we might think, gosh, you know, if he did it, why can't I? And, you know, the reality may be different. You know, a lot of other builders, a lot of other entrepreneurs have, you know, a little different path, which includes, which absolutely can include failures. You know, we, we not, now you can see, you know, use failures as your strength, right? Don't worry about failures. Embrace all that. And I think there's, that's true, right? I don't know if you've seen that. I've, seen, I've read those articles. I've had failures myself, you know. So, again, the point is, I think of all that is it's not what, it's not, to make excuses for what happens. It's not to let what happens, uh, you know, ruin you. It's what to do when that situation happens and move forward from there, right? Because you're, you know, nobody's, you know, the Elon Musk's, you know, they're the superhumans. For the rest of us humans like myself, you know, we, those challenges come around. Those failures do come around. Your first idea may not work. You have to 
then figure out what to do from there. And it's all based down to what you said. You know, it's commitment, it's determination, and is what to do at when you reach that point, which separates you know an idea from go or no go. And that's what I you know referenced earlier is have that can do spirit. I think you know somebody like Elon Musk you know embodies that or go for it spirit, can do spirit. It's one and the same. Yeah, that guy is. Uh prolific beyond what i could ever imagine so if you achieve a fraction of what he's achieved you'll be you'll be a success exactly and now let's now let's take that one step further let's talk about an idea um okay i'm gonna tell you that trapper okay i got an let's just backtrack this 10 years right so trapper i'm gonna say trapper i got a great idea you're gonna get in the car because i know you and you have a few, few spare hours a week and I know you want to make some extra money because that's human nature. We all want to make some extra money. So, Trapper, get in your car, pick up complete strangers, take them from one place to another, and you're going to make some money. I think, it, you know, we're talking about ideas, right? I think if you heard that idea 10 years ago, you would probably say, okay, I'm not sure I follow you. What about the taxi cabs? What about my safety? How exactly are we going to do this? Is it even legal? I don't understand anything you're talking about. You know, Paul, it's a great idea, but it's not for me, right? You know, so it's these ideas, these entrepreneurs that take these ideas and they make it happen. So, you know, you know Uber now is, is common, right? I use it. Other people use it. But I've got to believe in the beginning when they first came out the idea, I would have thought you're nuts. Same thing with Airbnb. And I've talked about that previously. If you, if, you know, backtrack this conversation, if you say, Paul, okay, tell me about your idea, I'm going to say, well, you're going to invite complete strangers into your house because you have that spare bedroom, and I know that you're like everybody else on planet Earth, we, you know, making some extra cash is just not a bad thing. So go ahead, open up your doors, and just wait for complete strangers to come into your house, right? Think about how many variables, if you heard that for the first time, how nuts, you know, you could potentially come off, right? Okay, wait. Are you going to use my coffee maker? Do I have to give him my keys? Who's coming into my house? Are you crazy? You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, fast forward now, Airbnb and, Air, uh, and Uber are commonplace. They are the darlings, right? They are the unicorns. They're the ones who've persisted. So when I come up with an idea of Savvy Amigo, it's not that far off, right? I'm not asking you to get in the car. I'm not asking you to rent out a house, I'm asking you, as you sit, wherever it is on planet Earth, from whatever device you have, mobile phone, computer, desktop, does, I don't care. We've enabled for you to create your profile and bring value to yourself, bring value to others immediately so that when other travelers, other people that would love to you know, access that information that's in your head, you know, what's going on there? How can I get after it? How can you help me and my family? You know, that's what Savvy Amigo is all about. We're the new mechanism to connect those that have something with those who need something and make that exchange of information mutually beneficial to either. So, you know, this Uber in the beginning might have seemed crazy. Heck, now it seems like one of the best ideas, right? Airbnb might have seemed crazy in the beginning. Now, you know, it is very common. So with Savvy Amigo, I think I'm at the point, too, where, you know, sharing information to others, you know, in the beginning, you know, it might seem that there's some friction points. Wait, who am I talking to? Is these strangers? I don't get it. Or, you know, it's, I don't see them operating in many cities. You know, we're at that point where the, all these other great businesses were. And we come to various challenges throughout this process where we can scrap the idea and quit and walk away. That's easy, right? You asked about it. Have you ever felt like walking away or quitting or whatever you ask, you know, I get that because it's easy. You're done and you're, you know, close the book, close the internet or close down your website. Guess what? It's gone. Or the other option is no, I'm going to keep it on. The lights are going to keep on and I'm going to keep pushing it. And I'm just going to keep building it one step at a time because I don't think that, you know, Savvy Amigo is that crazy. I do think it has value and I as an entrepreneur need to understand or as a business builder that I just need to take those next steps. And, you know, you asked me about, you know, what can you tell these other people that might be in the same position that I'm in? And that is, you know, make it happen. Go for it. One day at a time, one step at a time, one milestone at a time, day by day. Kind of tying into that, what does the next six, nine, 12 months look like for, uh, for Savvy Amigo? Very exciting. 
I think we're at a point where, no, it's no longer an idea in someone's head, right? It's a fully functional, fully operational website. So it works. It's immediately relative. It's immediately functional. So the next three to six months are how do we take this idea that you and I are talking about vis-a-vis Skype and bring it to countless potentially, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions of other users and how we're going to get there. So the next step is exactly what I mentioned earlier. It's going to be an evolution. It's going to be a step-by-step, day-by-day process. It would be great, you know, it would be great if, you know, this idea was like a Facebook where, you know, you just press a couple of buttons, it connects and it just works, right? Those ideas do exist um, and they're going to happen. But for the, you know, the remaining 98% of the ideas, you know, you got to take the effort. You got to make uh, these steps count. By that, I mean, you have to put some thought into it. You have to put some honest effort, honest energy into it. And if you're not the right person to do it, then you've got to bring in others to help you along the way and make it happen. And so for the next three, six, nine, 12 months, I think it's, uh, there's awesome opportunities. I think that potentially partnerships are always an option. I've always liked to partner up with um, others. So if this website connects with another website or if just myself, if I find new partners, help me bring this idea further as it sits, great. Um, Partnerships are huge. I think there's marketing opportunities available to this. I think there's public relations efforts that haven't even begun on this. I think there's social media efforts, you know, to get the word out on this that haven't even been started. So we're at the genesis and, you know, where we are now to where we'll be 12 months, you know, if, if I'm correct, if my hard work pays off, there's a little bit of luck. If um, things align, if, you know, I make some good, you know, efficient, strategic initiatives and carry through on it, you know, we could be in a very, in a very different place from where we are. And that very different place can be very favorable. So if people want to uh, get in contact with you, how can they, uh, how can they reach you? You know, if you want to, you know, reach out to me, I'm more than happy, you know, to make myself available. I think one, you know, just a simple email address, which is office, office at SavvyAmigo.com. You know, a few people are welcome to send emails in that direction, and I will, I can be reached through that. So, Paul, how can people get started using Savvy Amigo? That was one of our very first uh, priorities, is to make this website as user-friendly as possible. So, to that, I can answer very directly. How people get on is by logging on to SavvyAmigo.com, S-A-V-V-Y, Amigo.com, okay, A-M-I-G-O. So you're on this website. You're looking at the homepage. There's orange buttons. One of the orange buttons says sign up. You press the sign up button. There's a, some several missing fields by fields, meaning your name, your interests. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, questions like that. Um, fill out those questions and you're done. What happens after you sign up without any costs, without any recurring fees, there's nothing complicated about this, is you are really getting in the game. You're making yourself available. You're saying by signing up to Savvy Amigo, hey, I'm a local. I have great information. Yeah, contact me. I'm going to be able to tell you about my hometown. I'm going to give you my insights. I'm going to share my wisdom with you. And when I answer the questions for you, I'm going to feel good about it because I know I'm going to add value to your experience. And I get to make a few bucks in the process. Um, And I get to do it from the comfort of my own home. And I don't have to go out and drive a car or rent out anything in my house. I can just do it from the comfort and convenience of wherever I'm sitting, wherever I am on planet Earth. So we made it, you know, that simple. And then how it connects, how it works is then there's the other side of the users, right? Okay, you have the information. Great. You just made yourself available. So what happened? What's the next step? The next step is you are now signed up. So you're called a savvy amigo, right? Makes sense, right? You're an amigo for your hometown. You, because of your experiences, because of your history, because of your background with that hometown, you're going to have a unique opportunity to add value to other people's experiences in your hometown. So I, as someone going to your hometown, I, as somebody who needs to access some great travel advice, I, as somebody who you know, doesn't want to waste time on, on any countless number of websites, I want to go right to a source and I want to get hooked up with a local, I can do that in Savvy Meagle. I simply state my question 
and through the internal search filters that we have built inside Savvy Amigo, I get matched up and it spits out the, the, the 10 best candidates. And then I get to see your profile, your history, your questions that you've answered. And if you're a great match for me, I'm going to select you. And it's done. That's as complicated as it gets. I upload my credit card one time. I pay $5 one time. And all of a sudden, my vacation experience, you know, where I'm going to take my family to this once-in-a-lifetime vacation, I'm going to spend thousands of dollars. You know, for an extra $5, I get connected with somebody who can help me out, who's got that access to that great travel advice, who can get it right back to me, you know, in a timely fashion, a safe and efficient manner. You know, everything's done for five bucks. That's as complicated as it gets. So if I'm going somewhere and I need quick access to information, I go to SavvyAmigo.com, click the orange button, answer a few questions, and uh, $5 later, I have all of the information I need. Exactly. And just to, you know, to, and to be front, you know, uh, you know, the reason why we like Savvy Amigo, or excuse me, <laughs> we like Savvy Amigo for a number of reasons, but one of the additional reasons why we like it is you're able to ask a full contextual question. Okay, you know, if you're going with your family, let's say to Maui the first time, a question is, where do we, is not, where do we go to eat? A question is, we're coming in June, there's a family of five, we're picky eaters, I have three kids. Do you know of any restaurant that is kid-friendly? And actually, one of us has, is gluten-free, so it has to be gluten. You know, they are sensitive to gluten issues. And we're going there in June. We don't have a car. Or we're staying in, you know, this part of Hawaii. You know, so all those features, all those factors are relevant, right? And you're able, that is a single question. So anybody receiving it says, oh, I get it. If you're just asking me where to eat, I would have told you one question. But I get it. You have kids. You have gluten issues. You have transportation issues. You know, all that makes it relevant. And that is going to be, a, you know, a, that's a difference. It's a huge difference. That's all the difference. And, you know, your savvy amigo is going to hear that. That is a question. He'll be able to get back to you and done. You know, that, that's, you know, it's that robust of an opportunity. Personalized advice for $5. I don't think you can beat that. <laughs> exactly our point. I don't think you can beat that. Paul, thanks for coming on Colorado TechCast and telling us about Savvy Amigo. I think you've got a great business model. You know, for uh, for five dollars, I can get relevant answers to my questions from somebody just like me who thinks like me and, and knows what I need. I can see this definitely saving a ton of money in research time wasted, as as well as um, you know, ensuring that my limited vacation time is spent in a place that that I know that I'll enjoy. I look forward to hearing a lot of good news about Savvy Amigo in the future, and I would love to have you on the podcast further down the road. Hey, it'd be my pleasure. No, it was a good conversation. And I too, you know, wish you all the best with your endeavor with this particular podcast and what you're doing. I think it's a very, shall we say, a great endeavor. And I wish you all the best. Thanks for listening to our show. I'm always on the lookout for future guests. So if you know anyone with an interesting story to tell, or you yourself want to come online and talk about what it is you're building, then shoot me an email. Again, my email address is trapper at coloradotechcast.com. Thanks for tuning in and join us next time when we bring you another exciting story of a Colorado entrepreneur. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Colorado TechCast with your host, Trapper Little. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you leave a review. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit coloradotechcast.com or on Twitter at CoTechCast. We'll catch you next time on the Colorado TechCast.